0: Hello everyone, welcome to God's in the Net Church podcast episode 94 I am your host Pastor Ron Weaver and I count it an honor and privilege to be here To share with you the word of God that God's put on my heart To help a lost dying world find Christ And to help current Christians to find answers in the Bible To what's going on in their lives And God helped them through the word and if this program has been a podcast, a blessing to you, please share it with your friends so they can be blessed too. Well, as you know, God's Internet Church has been studying the book of Job. And today we're going to continue the book of Job on chapter 19. And we're going to go to that in a minute, but then we're going to have our prayer request segment time and our our closing remark time and the benediction closing time Mm -hmm. and if you're hearing the cat in the background you're not hearing things it's our resident cat here in the office it's our little kitty and she's not quite little anymore but her name is Winnie and she does join us here on the podcast she's part of the family during our time of taping and if I heard her as we were going over the podcast yesterday and we left it in because we want people to know that we do have a side of us that love animals and <coughs> God's Internet Church podcast and God's Internet Church love animals so We will be going now to the book of Job, chapter number 19, but before we go into the book of Job, chapter number 19, we are going to review chapter 18 about Bildad's um, second speech to Job. Alright, and Bildad basically was angry with Job he's telling him basically warns Job not to be angry because angry people can be punished you know if I was Job when Bildad was saying that you're already accusing me to be an evil so why should I worry about it you're already telling me I'm going to die why should I worry about it but Bildad wanted to get his attention and shut him up so Job Job could hear what he had to say And he basically told Job that he was a wicked man And he was going to suffer a terrible death If he did not repent and ask God for forgiveness Alright But then we learned that Job didn't have to worry about that Because it was the devil who was attacking Job, and not what Job did wrong, alright, but Job and Bildad and Zothpar and and the other friend didn't know what we know, alright, now, here in verse 19, we're going to find out why this book exists. Okay? But we're gonna find out Job's reply to Bildad's second speech. Alright? So if you got your Bibles with you, I want you to go to the book of Job, chapter number nineteen, and we're gonna look at verses one through twelve to start the broadcast. Chapter nineteen of Job, verses one through twelve. And it says, verse one, Job replied replied, and he said. You continue to upset me. Your words make me sad. You have insulted me many times. You have accused me unfairly, but you are not ashamed. You are not ashamed. I am alone and responsible. If I have done evil things, you think that you are great. You accuse me because I suffer. So know this fact. God God has caused my troubles. This is why I cannot escape from my problems. I shout help, but no one hears me. I call out loud, but no one is here feared me. My life is like a dark path. My troubles are like a fence across this path. God removed my honor. No one respects me still. God attacks me. He destroys me like a tree without roots. He is angry with me he considered me to be an enemy. God sent his armies to oppose me. God's army surround me and the army is ready to attack. Now before we read what these verses are really meaning I want to go back Job is feeling this way because he knows that God is in control of everything that goes on on this earth. <coughs> now, Job feels that he's an innocent man and he shouldn't be getting punished, but God has a reason. Okay? But I think what started this tantrum, which we're going to find here, versus start reading, you know, um, start sharing verses 1 through 3. The friends upset Job because of their speeches were not correct. Their friends suggested that Job was wicked man but Job was a good honest man. So he basically was getting mad at the situation okay and he was basically telling his friends that you guys are wrong I'm tired you guys you're making me be a bad guy when I lived the best honest life that I could and we know in Job one one It said Job was an honest man And shunned evil So Job was right In verse 4 Job knew His own conscience The friends did not Need to accuse him And they did not need To speak so many times They were trying to force Job To agree with them But Job was suffering They ought to have shown more sympathy In other words They wanted to prove their point. They wanted to believe Job was bad. They wanted to be heard. And they wanted to force Job into saying something that happened. And let me tell you something, saints. That is not the way to handle someone that has got a problem. Even if they did do something against God, you have to be more sympathetic. Okay? Okay? They should be there letting Job cry, listen and not talk unless God's telling them to talk. Because let me tell you something saints, just like Job, these three friends don't have access to God telling them what is really going on here with Job. So if they got a responsibility to their own selves and not Job first. But they, as they want to be good friends with Job And they want Job to listen They need to lend an ear And let Job talk And then pray before we speak And I know I've been sharing that a lot lately But it's the truth Alright Verse 5 The friends accused Job So often because they were proud They wanted to prove that they were right But Job's trouble did not prove that they were right In other words, they were proud people and proud people don't like to be wrong. Me and my dad are kind of that way. My dad. I could sit there and tell him something right, 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 right. And he will sit there and argue with me because he don't want to be proved wrong. Okay? And I've learned that over the years so I try not to... To argue with them, I just let him say his piece, and and then eventually he, he stops, and that's what we gotta do, you know. Job should be thinking, well, these guys are blowhards; they're they're proud; they're not gonna stop. So, might as well just let them talk and get it over with. But see, the thing is, if you're gonna do that, you gotta be willing to take the consequences of what they're saying is going to hurt you. All right. Because let me tell you, these three friends think Job is the worst sinner out there. And in their minds, they believe it. But I agree with Job. They're only causing things and making things worse for Job. And friends are not supposed to do that. Verse 6. In fact, that the devil caused Job's trouble. But Job did not realize this fact. You know you know Job is a God's allowing the devil to attack Job to prove the devil wrong but Job and his friends didn't realize that but you know it shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter because if Job is not feeling feeling guilty or anything his conscience is clean the devil i mean Job's friends he really shouldn't worry about what Joe's friends are saying But you know, if Joe's servants are around him And they're hearing this, it's kind of dismerching Joe's friend, servants, okay And maybe other friends that might be trying around Or any other family, okay Now, you gotta watch what you say Just because you want to be right don't mean that you're right. Now, verse 7 dealt with Job feels as a robber was attacking him. But when Job called for help, nobody came to assist. To assist. They said they came to assist. But what did they came to do? To mock? To lie? I mean, not in their mind they don't believe they're lying but to tear Job down a set of helping Job. Okay? And verse 8. If a path is dark, the traveler cannot see the way ahead. If there's a fence, the traveler must stop. Job felt like the traveler. The traveler could not continue his journey. And it seems that Job's life could not continue. In other words, these friends wouldn't let Job move on. And what was so thing, so interesting and thick headed with these friends, they wanted Job to go to God and talk to God about this stuff, right? But when he went to go talk to God about this stuff, right? They told him what nerve he had to go talk to God to be in the sinner. Isn't that what happened? Now, verse 9 before his troubles Job was a great man Job 29 to 7 to 9 but no one respected him now and let me tell you something saints yes when you learn who your true, true friends are the ones that are there in the muck encouraging you not in the muck braiding you like the three friends here are braiding Job okay the ones that are in the muck with you, trying to help you, be sanctified with you, and help you, okay? But obviously Bilbad, Zoptar, and Zeppa was not friends to be down in the muck with them because they're discouraging him and he can't let things go because they keep bringing it up. Now verse 10, Job continued Bilbad's story about a tree in Job 18.16? But Job was like a tree with dry wood. God caused the situation. Job was not responsible because Job was innocent. In other words, Job is saying, yes, there's something going on with me. But it's on God's side because he allowed this to happen. I'm an innocent man. And Job would know if he was an innocent man. You know, but what Job didn't realize he was blaming God in a roundabout way it was God allowing the devil to attack him. But it was the devil trying to prove God wrong. Okay? Now verses eleven through twelve, Job was sure that God was attacking him. But we know from Job two, three that God was not angry with Job. God was proud of Job and God considered Job to be a loyal servant. So what does that mean? Not every time that something comes our way, it's a punishment from God. Okay? And if if the devil is attacking you, that means God's up there like he did with Job, saying, I'm proud of him. And I'm very proud of him, he's a loyal servant he shuns you every time he gets a chance and the devil is going to react and say well do this, do this and let me do this and I see what he does You know, and even after, yeah Job might be a little peeved off of that he's going through this but he's still in God's corner You know, and that's what God is trying to show the devil Okay. And that's, then the devil's up there pleading his cases against you, me, and things. So when things go wrong, a lot of the times, it's God allowing the devil to try to prove God wrong. Okay? And prove him right. But let me tell you something, saints. There is those occasions that God allows the devil to do it to snap us back into shape. Okay? But... In this case, in most cases, if you got things coming against you, if like Hebrews 6, 7, 8, 9, talks about the land needing water, the rain upon it to receive blessing. We talk about storms of life. If you're having the storms of life, that land is being watered by you, by those storms. And it's going to bless you in the end. But if you're not being tried in tribulation, that means the devil's got you right where he wants you and you're ready to be burnt with fire. Just like a ground that goes through a drought. Okay, and in verse 9 tells us that God persuades better things for us. Okay, and that goes along with verse 8. So if you're going through a lot of trials and tribulation, that's just showing us here that That God, you must be doing something right And the devil is attacking you Because God is talking you up Alright Now Let's go to verses 13 to 22 And it says My brother, leave me My brothers, leave me My friends, leave me My family, leave me my close friends forgive me, guess that I am a stranger. Even my maids think this. They considered me to be a foreigner. I call my servants, he does not answer me. He refuses to help me. My wife hates the smell of my breath. My brothers hate me. Even my little children insulted me. Even the little children insult me. They laugh at me. My friends whom I love hate me. I am very thin. My body is just skin and bones. I am hardly alive. Comfort me my friends. Comfort me. God has attacked me. But you are not God. So you do not need to attack me. You do not use to make you do not need to make me suffer. Now, this is says no one cares about Job. And let me tell you something, saints. At this point of what Job's been through, his his servants won't help him. His servants won't do this or that. His family kind of disowned him. And his friends are braiding him, saying he's a sinner when he's not. Instead of trying to comfort him, they're torturing him. Alright? So does that tell us? Job feels he's alone. That no one cares about him. But even in that time, there is someone that cares about, them, about him and his God. Because we know towards the end of this book that Job is going to get Everything back doubled. Okay? Now let's go to the t- verses twenty-three to twenty-nine. It says, and Job starts here, and he says, This is where the book of Job was how we got the book of Job. And that's why I really think so. He said, Record my words. Write my words in a book or use an iron tool to record my words on a rock. There is somebody who will rescue me. I know that he is alive. In the end, he will stand on the earth. My body will disappear in my grave. But in my body, I shall see God. I myself will see him. Yes, my own eyes will see God. I desired that day with my whole heart. Verse 28. Do not say we'll, we will oppose Job. He caused his own trouble. If you think this, then you ought to be afraid yourself. God will be angry with you. He will punish you severely. Then you will know that God is judge. this heading it says Job knows that he will see God okay now verses 23 to 24 Bildad said that everyone would forget the wicked man Job 18 17 through 19 but Job did not want anyone to forget that he was innocent Job 16 verse 18 so Job wanted someone to write his words in a book then the people would remember them always. And of course, we still have the book of Job today. It may be the most ancient book that still exists. Job wanted a permanent record of the things that he and his friends discovered about God. So this is why we have the book of Job being written because Job wanted it His suffering to be known to the world and to help people that need help with this. And a record of how not to be good friends helping people, but be bad friends helping people by calling them sinners when kicking them wider down. Verses 25-27 These verses may be the most important verses in the book of Job elsewhere. Job explains his trouble, fears, and doubts. But in these verses, Job explains the reason why he still had hope. Elsewhere, Job has been doubtful whether he could ever prove himself innocent. He prayed, but he was not sure that God would ever help him. But in these verses, Job felt confident again. Elsewhere, Job argued that death would be the end of everything. He did not think that the dead person could ever live again. But in these verses, Job was sure that God could make a dead person live again. And Job believed that he himself would meet God. These verses are very important verses but they are not easy verses to translate. Bible students are often unsure about the exact meaning of many phrases. All right? But we but we understand enough to be confident about Job's main idea. First, Job was developing his thoughts in Job 16:19 to 21. There Job said that somebody in heaven was helping him. He described that person as a lawyer or a friend. Job probably meant God himself. In Job 14, 7-9, Job remembered about the tree. A tree that seems dead can often live again. And in Job 1413 13-17, Job prayed that this would happen to Job himself. Here in chapter 19, Job seems confident that God will answer prayer. Job used a special word in verse 25 in the original language of the the book called Hebrew. This word is golel. Free someone by either of two particular methods. Either one golel may pay a debt for that person or golel may fight to be free that person okay so basically we know that this word that God was going to fight and he was going to pay Job's debt or he was going to fight for Job and make Job clean now we know later on that Jesus came (coughs) and died for our sins on the cross and I think from that point all the way up to Job and maybe even past Job and his debt was paid if he if he did sin and as quite honestly no one is perfect the only one is perfect was jesus and god so job's sins was forgiven and he was raised back to life and now he's in heaven right now realizing why he went through what he went through and by talking to god why he allowed it okay job realized that his body would die but Job knew, now knew that his death could would could not be the end. In verse twenty-six, the words in my body" might mean "without my body." The translation is difficult, but the meaning of Job's words seems clear. After Job's death, Job would see God, and Job desired that day, like Paul in the Philippians, verses one. 1- Philippians one verses one to twenty three. Verses twenty eight and twenty nine of Job nineteen. Bildad argued this in Job eighteen, seven to ten. Job warned his friends not to be unfair. God would punish them if their words were evil. In other words, you don't know what you're talking about. Don't go too far, or you might be judged by God and you might sin. And we go later on, we do know that God actually confronts Job's three friends. And he does actually confront Job too. Okay, But tomorrow, we're coming to the end of this Bible study. So tomorrow we're going to deal with chapter 20 of Job. And it's so far's last speech to Job. And that's what we're going to pick up tomorrow in Job chapter 20. For right now we're going to go to our next statement next segment of our prayer request and we're going to go over them real quick and then we're going to pray and as you know that on the prayer list we've been praying for my dad which is James Weaver he has an aneurysm on his aorta and then we've been praying for my mom Laura Lee Weaver she's her back pain and some insurance bills being taken care of so she can get more insurance stuff looked at and insurance pay for stuff that needs to be looked at and then we're praying for my cousin Margaret and for what's going on between her brother and her and for her leg and for the grieving of her mother and father passing away and then we need to pray for our friend Lloyd he has cancer, stays five and uh, that God's still with him. He hasn't got back with us. Hopefully, maybe my wife can send another text out to him today and maybe he'll get back to us because we haven't heard from him. Um, and then we need to pray for my fa- my brother-in-law and Ruth as they close the estate. There's some paperwork that's got to be signed and it's need to be dealt with soon. And then for my friend Sean, he's like a brother from another mother um, we need to pray for an unspoken in his life and for his mother <laughs> she, she, she she just so recovered from hip surgery and she's taking care of her husband who has a bad heart and plus now trying to take care of her sister who is unable to take care of herself and my friend Sean, my brother from another mother, is asking that God to give her the strength to do this. And then, we need to pray for my cousin Sharon. No, my friend Paul from Georgia. he uh, He needs prayer for his back and he needs prayer for his business. And he needs prayer that his daughter don't get coronavirus. And I want to also add prayer that he gets in touch with me because he's a little mad at me because I missed a phone call. But we need to pray. Sometimes that happens. But we need to pray that he gets back in touch with us and so we can find out how things are going there too and fix things. And then we need to pray for my cousin Sharon and all kinds of things going on in her life the thing God will take care of it and then for her tennis elbow and then we need to pray for my cousin-in-law Justina for her fatty liver causing her to pass out and her elbow too and then we need to pray for my cousin Cody for an unspoken then we need to pray for my aunt Denise for her colon surgery coming up soon for polyps they need to take off her colon and and then for her back she's been in pain and then for my cousin Lori we need prayer for her she's got things that need to be um, taken care of and um, prayed about and then we need to pray for my blood pressure it's been going better but we need to pray that it gets taken care of and then we me and my wife has some unspoken that we need to do our cars <laughs> we need a key to the car and we're having trouble people coming out trying to help us get a key made and and stuff they come out and whatever, we need help there that God intervenes and we're able to make us a key as, as less expensive as possible and then we need guidance in how to live our life and we all need that and then we need God to pray for my grandma, for her eyes, her ears, and her legs to work better in her 93 years of age so she can have maybe a little bit more happier existence until she goes home with the Lord. And that's the prayer request we're going to pray today. And I'm going to try to get us back doing it one by one. And I do ask that if you not writing these down as we pray, I do ask that maybe you go back and write them down and pray for these needs for us every day because you can go back a little bit and listen to these. But we're going to do a general prayer right now and what I want everyone to do is to touch the device that you're listening to and I'll touch the device I'm recording this on and we'll do a general prayer but we will get back to these needs because time restraints are telling me. The producer of the show is telling me we need to get off the air soon. We're like right two minutes over. So we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with all these needs. We ask you to heal the ones that need to be healed. Guide the ones that need guidance. Help the ones that need help. We just ask you to take control of every of these situations. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Then i like to say to you our benediction blessing and it's this May Christ dwell in your heart through faith that you be rooted in the grown in love and have the strength to comprehend with all time Saints, that what breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ surpass knowledge, and that you may be filled with all his fullness of God. Ephesians 3 17 through 19. And as I always say, pray this blessing over your family. Write it down and pray it over your family every day. Pray it over your family your loved ones every day. Pray it over yourself and you will see God working in your life. And on that note, I'd like to say God bless you. Have a blessed day. Love one another. Be kind to one another. And be nice to one another, especially in these times. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver for God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 93 or 94. I'd like to say God bless you. And have a blessed day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Job chapter 20. And I like to say, God bless you, and have a blessed day.